Welcome, saints. Tonight, it's such a wonderful opportunity for us to be in the book of Luke again. We're going to cover a very, very uh, unique and also very important section of the book of Luke. I think it's very applicable to all of us, um, in, in particular, the time we live in. So uh, I'm very grateful to the Lord that we could be together and be in his word in this way. But before we get to our, the uh, book of Luke, uh, we're going to first sing a hymn. Uh, it's hymn number 1301. Actually, this hymn is quite uh, good in preparing our spirit for, for the section of Luke we're going to fellowship on. So how about we, uh, we take this opportunity to open our spirit you know, we start opening all the layers of our being, our mouth, our heart, and our spirit by singing this hymn.
Jesus, the kingdom has come into us. Amen. 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 It's all glorious. Christ as the seed is the king who has come into Amen. our spirit. His kingdom is sound. Amen. Amen. Oh, let him grow. Oh, let him grow. Amen. Be all we know. Jesus, Amen. the kingdom is sown into us. Jesus, Amen. the kingdom. How glorious. Amen. 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 We must Amen. return for the kingdoms at hand. All that Amen. we think or feel or have planned must Amen. be abundant and changed in our mind. Leave the world and self-seeking behind. Amen. 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 All of religion has missed it again. Teaching Amen. the doctrines, the concept of men, they vainly wait for the Amen. No less than our Jesus alone. Amen. He is the person of Christ in us all. Amen. And it begins as a seed when we call. Oh, Amen. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let him grow. Let him grow. Amen. 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 Let him grow. Amen. Let him grow. Amen. Oh, let him grow. Amen. 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 Yes, amen. 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 But now amen. the kingdom has been shown. Amen. 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 No less than our Jesus alone. Amen. amen. The person of Christ in us all. Yes. And it begins as a seed when we call. Oh, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Jesus, the kingdom is sown into us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Yes, amen.
Amen. Saints, I just uh, we just realized that the uh, recorded audio, the lyrics, do not coincide with this, with the original. That's because the audio is um, a more new uh, new stanzas have been added. So maybe, how about we have some saints volunteer to sing? Uh, we could take turns just just so that we we sing the words as projected on the screen. The tune is challenging, so uh, maybe Brother Etienne could play us for the first stanza, and then for the second and second to the fourth stanza. We could have saints just singing it. As the seed is the king who has come into our spirit, his kingdom is soon. Oh, let him grow, oh, let him grow, his kingdom life will be all we know. Jesus, the kingdom is sown into us, Jesus, the kingdom. Oh, how glorious. We must repent for the kingdoms at hand. All that we do think or feel or have planned must be abandoned and changed in our mind. Leave all the world and self-seeking behind. Oh, let him grow. Oh, let him grow. His kingdom life be all we know. Jesus, the kingdom is sown into us. Jesus, the kingdom, oh, how glorious. All of religion, let me sit again, teaching for doctrines the concept of men. Heavenly way. For the kingdom to be a dispensation they are hoping to see. Oh, let him grow. Oh, let him grow. His kingdom life be all we know. Jesus, the kingdom is sown into us. Jesus, the kingdom. Oh, how to us. But now the kingdom to us has been shown. It is no less than our Jesus alone. It is the person of Christ in us all. 
and it begins as a seed when we call. Oh, let him grow, oh, let him grow, his kingdom life be all we know. Jesus, the kingdom is sown into us. Jesus, the kingdom, oh, how glorious. Amen. Amen. Oh, Amen. how glorious. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Oh, amen. Um, Hallelujah. Jesus has been sown into us. Amen. 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 Into amen. us. Amen. Amen. to us has been shown it's no less Amen. than our Jesus alone Amen. it's a person of Christ in us all and it begins Amen. to see when we call Amen Amen all of religion has missed it again. Teaching Amen. for doctrine, the concept Amen. of man, the no way for the kingdom to be, a dispensation, they are Amen. Wonderful, wonderful Amen. saints. Amen. Um, well, let's let's come to um, Luke 17. We're going to read the whole chapter. Uh, maybe, Brother Atien, if you could split us up for the remainder of the time until 7 o'clock, so about 7 to 8 minutes, and we can read the whole chapter. How about each person read two verses at a time so we can all get a chance to to read and, and open up our beat? Okay, so welcome back, everyone. Praise the Lord, we can be together tonight. Saints, tonight we're going to continue with uh, Luke chapter 17. And uh, the Lord is still on his way. We can see this in verse uh, 11. He's going to Jerusalem. So he's passing between Samaria and Galilee. Mm -hmm. So on his way, there has been a lot of confrontation between him and the Pharisees. Uh, they would ask the Lord questions, not in a way of wanting to receive something from the Lord, but wanting to catch him out. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the Lord has been exposing them. And seemingly this chapter is uh, somewhat not related to chapter 16, where the Lord addresses the matter of our, of our money, right? Um, even uh, when the Lord touches this matter of money, well, beginning, he, he, he speaks about being a prudent uh, steward. In other words, how would we serve the Lord? But then he goes on in, in verse 13, Luke mentions the Pharisees being lovers of money. Right. 
Okay, the Lord specifically pointed out that you cannot love God and mammon. So um, the Lord needs to touch this matter of, of, of money in our being. And so now the Lord is, and, but you see that he's really touching something that's within uh, the Pharisees. And seemingly they were, the, they were the ones like taking care of God's people, leading them to the Lord, right? They were, they were supposed to bring man to God. And uh, and uh, and God to man, but but actually, dear brothers and sisters, these Pharisees were what we can uh, say is they were religious hypocrites. In other words, they were practicing a kind of a religion. They had outward forms, outward practices, outward things that they followed. And that they wanted to adhere to, and that they wanted to bring others into, and wanted others to adhere to. But, oh, dear brothers and sisters, they had no reality. That is what a hypocrite is, right? It's someone that that is pretending to be something, but it doesn't have the reality of that very thing. So, brothers and sisters, oh, may the Lord have mercy on us that our church life would not be filled with outward forms and outward things, but lack the reality. Actually, you know what happens? When someone touches such a religious hypocrite, it stumbles them to the uttermost because such a person is seemingly uh, someone who is telling me about God, but... There's no reality of God in this person's life. And so what happens is this causes us to be stumbled and even in a way disillusioned with God. So this matter of being a religious hypocrite is very serious. So we want to be those who take heed to the Lord's word. So the Lord's word here in chapter 17 is actually addressing something that was being displayed through these Pharisees. So the Lord wants to bring us, like he did his disciples, into the reality. And he's mentioning some very practical points in this in this little section. I'll just cover the first 19, maybe a few verses in maybe a few verses after that 20 and 21 and 22. I'll just mention a little something. But but basically in this first little section from verses 1 to 10 the Lord is addressing some very, very practical things. When we uh, are in the church life, what we end up dealing with, brothers and sisters, is we end up dealing with people, right? We just have a lot of contact with people. This is what the church life is. And this is very proper and normal and good. But you know what happens when we're with people? We get offended. We stumble one another. And then we need to learn to deal with this offense we need to learn to have a way to go on what do we do now maybe we'd like to to leave and run away and maybe start again somewhere else but the lord actually wants to wants us to he gives us a way to deal with these things and so he uh he is helping us don't cause stumbling don't cause offense if you do you need to forgive and if someone offends you, you need to forgive. 
Okay, so uh, in verse 1, he said to his disciples, it is impossible for causes of stumbling not to come, but woe to him through whom they come. It is more profitable for him if a millstone is put around his neck and is hurled into the sea than to stumble one of these little ones. Okay, so this, these two verses show us the importance and the seriousness actually of stumbling someone. Oh, brothers and sisters, may the Lord have mercy on us. I know I've caused quite a few offenses and stumblings to some but may the lord just have mercy on us to learn through these experiences to to be careful that doesn't mean we need to be hypocritical that doesn't mean we need to be um, not genuine with one another that doesn't mean we're not honest with one another but that means we are taking care of one another and we want to consider one another i've really been appreciating a word that Paul uses in Romans, uh, it's in Romans 14, uh, verse 19. It says, so then, let us pursue the things of peace and the things for building up one another. So, brothers and sisters, we need to be together. This is the church life. This is the way. And the Lord is just helping us. Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters, when you're together, you need to take care of one another. Do not, do not go out of your way to cause stumbling. In fact, to the best of your ability, do things that are profitable for building up. Mm-hmm. What things are profitable for building up? That's what Paul says here. Let us pursue the things of peace. So pursue the things that causes peace. The, the context of that verse is actually where Paul addresses the matter of eating. So he says, the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God? Well, we'll we'll see later today. But the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. So what was happening is saints were being offending and offended by one another just by what they were eating, just simply by, by me not considering my brother and eating some things that might stumble my brother. Oh, Lord Jesus, may we be those who pursue the things that build up, the things that edify those around you. Paul even goes so far as to say that, listen, if me eating meat is going to cause someone to be stumbled, I'll never eat meat again. That's how far I'm willing to pursue the things for building up. And that's how serious we have to consider this matter of stumbling others so the lord's word here is very very serious right it is more profitable if you had a millstone put around your neck and hold into the sea okay then he goes on and he says take heed to yourself if your brother sins rebuke him if he repents forgive him okay so now we come to this matter of forgiveness and actually the lord he, 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 he tells us in this little phrase, okay, and if he sins again against you seven times in a day and turns again to you seven times saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So forgiveness actually is a way for us to deal with offenses. Mm-hmm. 
Brothers and sisters, this is so helpful. Our forgiving of one another is the way to clear away and to deal with the offenses. The enemy, his goal is to, well, still kill and destroy, but he wants to divide us. He wants to separate us. He wants to cause stumbling to come in. He wants stumbling to come in. But the Lord gives us a way to deal with these things. So the enemy wants to bring a division among the saints. He wants to bring division among the believers of God so that they cannot be one, right? That they would not be able to express God because God is one. That's what the Lord prayed for in John 17, that they may be one, even as we are one. So the Lord desires for us to be together. And this is the only way that we can live the church life. Even your family life, even being with some whom you are close with, you have to be together. And so the Lord is giving us this way. Forgiveness is the way to clear the offense. Forgiveness is the way to deal with the offense. Forgiveness is the way to, to, to give us a way to go on. Actually, the Pharisees, they probably were, were quite good at offending others because they were putting demands on others, putting things upon others in an outward way. So, and because they were this kind of hypocritical religionists, this causes stumbling. Mm -hmm. Others observe their living. It doesn't match what they're saying. So others are, are, are turned off by this. So they're causing a lot of stumbling. But maybe if someone did something to them, I was thinking of that case where uh, the, they bring this, this woman caught in the act of adultery in John to the Lord. And they tell him, Moses tells us to stone her. What do you say? Trying to kind of, you know, Lord, what are you going to say? This is what the law says. But the Lord the Lord just shows them what's in your own heart, okay? He is without sin. You cast the first stone. But brothers and sisters, this is, it was so, they, they were easy to, to, to offend others, easy to cause stumbling. But maybe when it came to forgiveness, they were not so open. They were not so willing to receive. When the Lord was with the tax collectors and the sinners, they were questioning the Lord. Lord, why are you with them? Does any know who he's spending some time with? We would never spend time with those kind of people. Well, brothers and sisters, actually, what the Lord is saying here is he's giving us a way to be together. But then I like the, the disciples' response. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. I, I, I feel like maybe this word is a little bit related to forgiving your brother seven times. I don't know. This is quite, quite something. Someone does the same thing seven times. It reminded me of the, of the seven spirits in Revelation. Something is intensified here seven times. Okay. I would also ask the Lord, Lord, increase my faith. How can I forgive my brother seven times? How can I, how can I not cause stumbling? Lord, you even said it is impossible for cause of something not to come. Oh, Lord Jesus, increase our faith. So 
I, I, I don't know if this is if this is that related, but I would I would kind of have the same response as the apostles here. Lord, increase my faith. My brother, he just keeps doing this to me. He's causing this stumbling. He's causing this offense all the time. He keeps sinning against me. But then the Lord says, even if he does that seven times, okay. Mm. Oh, but praise the Lord. If you have faith like a mustard seed, amen. If we have faith like a mustard seed, mm. we just need the seed of faith. Mm. We need the seed of the Lord's word. Even I appreciate um, the fact that saints, the Lord's word can be so real to us can be something living to us. Mm -hmm. A mustard seed is it con it's small but it contains life in it. It can it can if that seed is able to break open it will begin to grow. Something will come from that seed. The Lord's word should be a little life to us. It should be that seed, that small seed to us. As the Lord's word is being spoken to us. If we receive it through means of prayer, through means of receiving the spirit, through means of receiving some life from it that's in that seed, ah, oh, brothers and sisters, we shall be able to, to, faith will be in us like a mustard seed. There will be the faith in us, even the faith. To say to the sycamore tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would have obeyed you. Lord, increase our faith. Lord, even to forgive my brother seven times. Lord, thank you. Oh, you say, forgive my brother seven times. Lord, thank you for the seed of life in me. The seed of life that can work this out in me. That can accomplish what you have spoken. Lord, I just believe in your word. I just believe and I trust this little seed of faith. Saints, it is, it is our, our almost, I almost want to say it's our, our way of, of it's, it, it, it puts our trust, not in us, but in God. Lord, you are the sovereign one. Lord, you know where I'm at. You know the church life I have. You know the saints that I'm with. You know my environment. You know my situation. You know the, 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 the brothers I'm serving with, the sisters I'm serving with, the fact that there aren't many brothers, the fact that there aren't many sisters. Lord, you know all these things. Lord, I just believe and I trust in your sovereign arrangement. You are the sovereign Lord, and I believe in you. I trust in you. My trust is not in myself, not in what I'm able to do or what I'm able not to do, but my trust is in you, Lord. It's in who you are. It's in what you have arranged for me, that this is the best environment. Even I need to forgive my brother seven times. Amen, Lord. Thank you for this environment. Amen. Preparing me. Maybe it's a sevenfold intensified environment. To experience the sevenfold intensified spirit, the sevenfold intensified supply that's in the Lord's word. Okay, so uh, then the Lord goes on with this matter concerning our service, which is very helpful actually. 
Um, uh, but which of you having a slave who is plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he came, when he come in from the field, come immediately and recline at table, will he not rather say to him, prepare something that I may dine and gird yourself and serve me until I eat and drink. And after that, you will eat and drink. He does not thank the slave because he did these things which he ordered, does he? So you, when you do all the things which are ordered you, say, we are unprofitable slaves. This should be our response when the Lord speaks something to us. Lord, we are unprofitable slaves. Lord, we need you. We are unprofitable. Lord, This we are actually of no profit to you. Actually, we can do nothing for you. The Pharisees, the lawyers, they all, they would thank the Lord that they're not like, like the tax collectors or sinners. Mm -hmm. But actually, they, they had no light. They were in darkness, not realizing that actually they were unprofitable slaves. Mm -hmm. This, actually, it's, it, it's a bit of a contradiction, brothers and sisters, because seemingly, the Lord is telling us, listen, you need to realize that there is nothing that you have that is of any profit to me. But at the same time, when we realize this, we'll be of much profit to the Lord. When we think that we are so profitable to the Lord, that we can do so much for the Lord, this will cause us to become unprofitable slaves. This will cause us to become of no profit to the Lord. Actually, having this realization that, Lord, there's nothing in me, there's nothing that I can do that can be pleasing to you. The one in whom you have delighted is the Son. The Son is whom you delight in. That kind of a realization that we are in ourselves, it's not in us. This will cause us to actually be preserved in our being useful to the Lord in our being profitable slaves. I always used to think this, this parable or this, uh, this, this teaching concerning service was a bit harsh. Lord, but I've been slaving all day. Now you even require me to, to serve you. But I'm the tired one. Don't, what, don't you want to, like, at least. But actually, this word is a, is a real salvation to us, brothers and sisters. It will keep us, it will preserve us from becoming those who are too highly minded of ourselves, think too much of ourselves, um, and, and actually causes, would cause a lot of damage to ourselves and to those around us. But realizing we're unprofitable will preserve us in our serving the Lord. Okay. So now we come to the, the 10 lepers, and here we see the Lord is passing. He's going to Jerusalem. He passed between Samaria and Galilee. So he's traveling down from Galilee, which is in the north, and he's going through Samaria on his way to Jerusalem. And so in this village, he meets 10 lepers. He stood at a distance. They cry out to him, uh, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he sees them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. So this section actually isn't long after the Lord was rejected by the Samaritans, right? They rejected him. 
So if you were the Lord, these 10 lepers, probably most of them were Samaritans. I don't know how many, but some of them maybe were also Jews. I don't know, because the Lord actually mentions uh, this foreigner has come. Uh, this foreigner has come, right, in verse 18. But if you were the Lord, what would you have done? Would you have just, maybe you would have said, okay, which ones of you are Samaritans? And who are the Jews? I'm willing to cleanse the Jews, but the Samaritans, they've rejected me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You you rejected me. Now you're asking me to cleanse you? But actually, this, this, this little section shows us the Lord's, uh, the highest degree of his moral standard, how the Lord lived and how he, he came to us without any requirement on us. Brothers and sisters, the Lord didn't say, who did this, who did that? Let me just first have a look. What is your pedigree? What is your status? Were you one of those who rejected me maybe? Maybe you were, maybe you weren't. He didn't, he didn't, he just, without any discrimination, without any, in a way, even uh, trying to discern where they're at, the Lord just said, uh, go show yourselves to the priests. Even the Lord probably knew that nine of them wouldn't even come and say thank you. Nine of them probably wouldn't come and and uh, give glory to God. The Lord probably knew this, but yet he wasn't stumbled because of this. This wasn't, the Lord didn't say, well, I'll, I'll cleanse the ones who will give glory to God. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a bit like that, <laughs> like that with my children. You do this, you'll get that. You, you, you don't do this, you don't get that. You don't first, you know, clean, then you won't get it. But the Lord, he had no expectation of them. He was just willing to give, right? He was just willing to cleanse. You just, you ask me, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So the Lord, he doesn't, he's probably a good example of not holding on to offenses and stumbling, right? They rejected the Lord. They wanted nothing to do with him. He just, without any, without any, holding anything against him, maybe we would have said, you first repent. You want me to cleanse you? You first come and repent for all those that have rejected me, even if you weren't one of them. He had no requirement on them. He just was willing to, to, to cleanse. Wow. Thank you, Lord. You really are our, our uh, our man's savior, mm -hmm. the one who has come to express God through all of your virtues to bring salvation to us. Okay, now this last section in the recovery version Bible, it has this heading, teaching concerning the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and the rapture of the overcomers. Okay, so I'll just cover the first three or so verses and then Hector will continue. And, and when he was questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, 
The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, behold, here it is, or there. Okay, but let me just read this last little bit. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So, brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God is not something that we can say, uh, behold, here it is. It doesn't come with observation. In other words, we can't point to it in a physical way, in a way of, of maybe you meet someone and they're not a believer and then you tell them, look, come, let me show you. Here's the kingdom of God. Let me show you where it is. Actually, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. We can't say, behold, here it is, or there. It's not like that. But then the Lord goes on to say, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So now he's saying, but it is here. It's in your midst. Okay, then he goes on to speak about the kingdom of God. Then he, then he says in verse 22, and he said to his disciples, the days will come when you will long to see the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. Okay, and they will say to you, behold there, behold here. Okay, so he's talking about himself, right? So Paul even mentions this in, I believe it's 2 Corinthians. Uh, maybe it's chapter 5 or 6. But anyway, he talks about... Um, yeah, but chapter 5 is 16. So then, from now on, uh, sorry, so then we, from now on, know no one according to the flesh. Mm -hmm. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him so no longer. Mm -hmm. So, brothers and sisters, uh, like that hymn that we sang, uh, the kingdom, right? The kingdom has come. Jesus, the kingdom, is sown into us. The kingdom is not with observation, but it's something in the spiritual realm. It's something that we have to learn to know Christ, not according to the flesh. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul mentions about, he talks about the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And then he says, ear has not heard, eye has not seen. Or oh, wait, no, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It hasn't even come up in the heart of man, mm -hmm. the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But the Spirit has revealed them to us. And the Spirit even searches the depths of God. So, brothers and sisters, these things, we have to ask the Lord to open our eyes, mm -hmm. to open, to enlighten our eyes, mm -hmm. so that our eyes might be able to perceive the Lord might be able to see what is the Lord doing? Where is the kingdom? So the kingdom is not does not come with observation. And that doesn't just that does not just apply to the Lord. That also applies to us. It also applies to the church. Because now that the kingdom has come as a seed sown into us, we have the kingdom within us. And then the church 
becomes the kingdom of God on this earth today. Mm-hmm. The church is actually the, the kingdom of God today. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I went to one of my first meetings of the church, I was just observing and I did not behold the kingdom of God. The guy just beheld many outward things that just stumbled me and it and it was strange to me and it was different to what I was used to. It wasn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. It wasn't according to my concept of how the kingdom of God should come or what the kingdom of God should be or what the kingdom of God should look like. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, brothers and sisters, so if we're in that kind of a realm, we'll observe things outwardly, but we'll never enter into the reality. Mm-hmm. We'll just be able to say, behold here, behold there. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't come that way. Mm-hmm. It's in our midst. Mm-hmm. But when you are able to enter into the, the spirit and touch what the saints are enjoying mm-hmm. and begin to enjoy this one called Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who has been sown into us as this, as this, as this seed through the word mm-hmm. and then enlivening our spirit, when we're able to touch that part of our being, we can say it's in our midst. Then all of a sudden, someone will enter in and they will say, the kingdom is in our midst. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So we want to be those who are living in this reality. And we want to be those who enter into this reality and not remain in the outward. The Pharisees. Oh, they just don't stop, huh? Question by the Pharisees. When is the kingdom of God coming? Okay. They were in the outward things, looking, not expecting this man, Jesus, this little man from Nazareth, this man who is, according to Isaiah, even he has no outward beauty that we should behold him. What is, what is about this man? We don't care much for this man, but we want the kingdom. But the Lord was like, the kingdom is in the midst of you. So, brothers and sisters, may the Lord really have mercy on us, Mm -hmm. that we would not just be in the outward things, but we would enter into this reality. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay, I'm going to hand over to my brother Hector, Mm -hmm. and then he can continue for us. Amen. Okay. So tonight, uh, Adrian and I are in the same uh, same place. So uh, it's not a matter of switching accounts, but moving the computer, the camera. <laughs> so um, I really, really appreciate this section where we're going through. And I appreciate what Brother Adrian shared. You know, this chapter 17 of Luke uh, is very weird because it just doesn't seem to fit with everything. But if we have the proper eyes to realize what the Lord is doing, the Lord observes observed the situation mm-hmm. which was present, and then he took the opportunity and used that situation to shepherd and help mm-hmm. his disciples. Um, so he spoke here about stumbling, about forgiveness and faith. It's actually quite interesting um, that you know the the religious leaders or the hypocrites the pharisees which were the pharisees it's quite interesting that it seemed they were quite 
easy to uh, offend others. When the Lord cast out demons, they were the first ones to point out, oh, he does it by Beelzebul. Hmm. They just easily offend. Oh. However, when the Lord in chapter 16 was talking about no one can love God and money, uh, the, 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 the Pharisees in verse 14, it says, being lovers of money, heard all these things and they sneered at him. So they were quick to offend, but easily offended. Yeah. So, so you realize th this is the kind of people they were mm. because they had no reality. When they encountered reality, mm. they didn't know what to do with it. Wow. When they met the Lord, someone who was genuine, who was real, mm. every part of his outward living what came out of his inward being. I really appreciate that what the Lord was inwardly was expressed outwardly. That's what his outward expression was. It was it came out of something within. The mm -hmm. Lord wasn't um, um, layered. It wasn't like a, a superficial living that he had, but his living came out of his inward being. Mm -hmm. uh, and that his inward being, we might remember this was the mingling of divinity with humanity. Mm -hmm. So it's it's quite amazing that the Lord touches this matter. And when he cleansed the 10 lepers, I appreciate it also that um, the Lord didn't, um, he didn't take offense with the uh, Samaritans. He didn't ask, uh, where's your passport? Are you, are you Jewish or could I see your ID before I heal you? But the Lord was the first one to live this way. He had already forgiven the Samaritans. Um, so there was no offense. He had no offense. He didn't take any offense when they rejected him earlier. So I really appreciated that this is, this is how the Lord lived. And then in this section, uh, this is from verses 20 to 37. This is related to the kingdom of God. Um, and... I'm not sure what our current impression of the kingdom of God is, um, but this part of the word has been quite helpful. Actually, when I was reading it uh, in preparation, I just had a realization. Uh, I need to see the kingdom of God. Mm. Um, oh, Lord. There's another section I wanted to share on, but maybe because of... Uh, Maybe let me just mention it. Let me just mention it. This is concerning service. I'll go back to verses 7 to 10. Uh, I would encourage you, saints, to read these three verses, these uh, four verses, I'm sorry. Read them again and again. I don't know what about them, but the more I read them, the more I was strengthened. They're mm. very. It's very interesting that the Lord asks who among you has a slave, which slave returns from the field and then says to the slave, oh, you've been out for a long day. Quickly, sit down and let me make something for you to eat. The Lord says, there's nothing like that. Instead, what do we do? We ask the slave to prepare something for us. Then after he has done something for us, then he may, the, the slave may, may have whatever, may, may, may have something to eat. But this is the key to our usefulness. Uh, I would like to maybe mention something small. That is, 
um, when it comes to serving the Lord, we may have a feeling of, oh, I'm not adequate. Uh, I'm not sufficient. Oh, I can't do that. I would say that sense is very good for us. It is very preserving. Mm. It is good for us to have a sense and a realization of inadequacy. Mm. We would not do anything out of ourselves. I really appreciate this. However, this does not mean we shouldn't serve. There's a very, very fine balance. So we need to be very aware of we are unprofitable slaves, but this doesn't mean we shouldn't serve at all. Hmm. I really appreciate that. This, is, this was my experience, actually, when I began to take care of certain matters. Uh, I, I thought, well, Lord, this, this brother so-and-so, he can take care of the, those people better. The Lord is like, you, you take care of them. But then when we take care of them, we realize, Lord, I'm short. But this kind of a sense opens us to be desperate. Lord, I need you. Mm. And this saves us from building in a way that's destructive. I really yeah. appreciate this. That all, when we feel we're adequate, actually, we may build one meter and destroy two meters. When we feel, oh, I'm, I'm good at this, I can, I can take care of this. This is actually where I'm most afraid. If somebody feels they're qualified, uh, that, that's very dangerous. Even Paul said, who is sufficient for these things? Who is yeah. sufficient of, of serving the New Testament ministry? Yeah. But then he said, our sufficiency is of God. So Christ is our sufficiency. So uh, by this, I'm, I'm just sharing. Uh, I hope this is an encouragement to us that we would not feel inadequate to a point that we're paralyzed. But the proper sense of not being adequate is very good for us. But this doesn't mean we shouldn't serve. On the contrary, we should come forward to serve. Actually, not only serve, but serve in a way that cook food for God. You, you know what I mean? That here the slave has to make food for the master. Then when the master has eaten, then the slave can can also. So so we need to we need to serve much more. This kind of a service will preserve us from uh, the next section we're going to cover from this age. We're going to see here when the the Pharisees asked the Lord mm. um, in verse twenty. Um, they asked the Lord. They said. Uh, they asked, they questioned him concerning as to when the kingdom of God was coming. If you have a pen, pay attention to this word, when. They asked about a time. They asked, when was the kingdom of God coming? But then the Lord did not just respond to when, he, was, he responded with what is the kingdom of God? So they ask when, concerning time, the Lord's answer addresses the what. What is the kingdom of God? And as Brother Adrian shared, that the kingdom of God is not something we, 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 that comes by observation. Mm -hmm. But rather the kingdom of God is actually Christ himself. Hmm. The kingdom of God is a person. 
This is quite amazing. The kingdom of God is not something that's going to come outwardly, mm. but it is a person. This person is Christ. Uh, I'm not sure what the Jews were like. Uh, maybe they, because of their history, they're used to having many kingdoms come in. You know, Nebuchadnezzar takes over, King Darius takes over. So they were expecting that kind of a coming in of a kingdom. When, what regime when will your regime come in? Hmm. But actually the Lord was here opened what the kingdom of God was. It doesn't come with observation. Because don't uh, it, nobody will say here it is or there it is, but behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So wherever this person was, there the kingdom of God was. This, this is what, it, what the kingdom of God is. It's this person. The Lord Jesus is the is the kingdom of God. Uh, and we will see that the kingdom of God is not only just this person, but it's also related to his believers. It's not just the Lord himself, but his believers. Okay, so uh, verse 22, let's continue with verse 22. Uh, here the Lord, it says, he said to his disciples, the days will come when you long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. Uh, so the Lord here is, is mentioning that there would be a time where he would be absent. And the disciples would long to see his days, uh, one of his days. Because the situation was, was that, actually in verse 25, the generation that the disciples would live in would be a generation that rejects the Lord. And so also it rejects the testimony of his disciples. So the disciples would have this kind of a longing to see one of the days of the Lord. And the Lord says uh, to the disciples, they will say to you, behold, they don't, yeah. don't go. Don't follow them. Don't follow them. Verse 24, for just as lightning flashing from one end of heaven shines to the other end of heaven so will the coming so will the son of man be in his day did you pay attention to this they asked the lord when is the kingdom of god coming the lord says so will the son of man did you pay attention <laughs> they ask about something outward the lord responded with a person the son of man. So actually the kingdom of God is the son of God becoming the son of man to enter into his believers and to grow. Hmm. And when he grows as the seed that has entered into his believers, he becomes a realm. Yes. And this realm is where God can rule and reign. So the kingdom of God is not with outward observation but it's, an in, it's a person coming into our being inwardly. Mm. And when this person uh, enters into our being, the kingdom of God enters into our being. When this person moves from one end of the, one end of the heavens to the other end of the heavens, that's mm. the kingdom of God. <laughs> so, so, so the point is the kingdom of God is this person, the Lord mm. Jesus. And then the Lord, in verse 25, he mentions that 
before he would enter into his disciples, he needed to suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. So this is the process that the Lord would build his kingdom. He needed to enter death and eventually resurrection. Uh, and then verse 26, and uh, th this is a very interesting section talking, this is here the Lord is talking again about his return. After he's gone to die, and after a period he would be absent, and in that period of absence, his disciples would long to see one of his days. And then he says, well, I will return just in the same way lightning. Uh, uh, lightning flashes from one end to the other end of the heavens. And then he says what, uh, in verse 26, the Lord opens up uh, the condition of man during his return or in uh, um, the, the atmosphere before his return. This is verse 26. And he says, and even as it happened in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. Even as it happened in the days of Noah, so it will be. It will be. It will be the same way when the Lord returns. Uh, and the Lord, in verse 27, shows us the characteristic of the days of Noah. He summarizes the days of Noah. He says, they were eating. There's nothing wrong with that. They were drinking. There's nothing wrong with that. They were marrying and they were being given in marriage. All those things, there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, all of these things are God-ordained. God initiated this. You know, I was considering, uh, couldn't God make a human being, man, so that man didn't need to eat? Of course, God could have made that. But God chose to make an eating vessel, a vessel that eats. So the matter of eating, is it's all God. It's all God's, um, he's the originator of that. Um, and they were drinking and they were marrying, even marriage. There's nothing wrong with marriage. Actually, again, God is the one who initiated this. However, we have to realize that in the days of Noah, these things occupied men. They actually, the word that's, I, I like the word, it's called usurp. Mm. They usurped men. They, 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 uh, the enemy used these God-ordained things to keep men away from God's purpose. Misusing men, abusing, taking men for a different use. Yeah. Man was made for God's purpose. But the enemy had drugged men so, to a point that men only cared about eating, drinking, marrying, and being given into marriage. So the Lord here is warning us concerning his return. He's warning us to be, to overcome this uh, stupefying effect hmm. uh, of men's uh, living, uh, even, I would say, uh, indulgent living. Um, just 
eating and drinking. You know, today I think uh, these matters are even bigger. Eating. Uh, I don't think there's a there's a bigger industry more than eating. Uh, I, you know, uh, recently I found out the uh, a couple of years ago I found out there's a food channel. There's a there's a there's a channel on TV that's dedicated to eating. <laughs> Can you do you do you think that's usurpation or not? I I think that is. I mean, it it couldn't get any clearer. However, what was the difference with Noah? I appreciated this. Noah ate. Noah drank. Noah was married. Mm-hmm. He had a wife. He had children. But from Genesis 6, verse 8, Noah's eating was for the ark. Noah's drinking was for the ark. His marrying was for the ark. From when when the Lord spoke to him, when he found grace in the eyes of Jehovah, Noah's whole being was not just for eating. His eating was purposely oriented to God's goal. Mm. I just really appreciated that. Today, yes, we need to take care of our eating. We need to take care of our drinking. But for what purpose? We need to be aware that the enemy usurps us. He he likes to usurp. We need to eat. Yes. But the enemy would usurp and abuse this matter of eating so, so as to distract us from God's economy, from God's purpose. But here, we need to realize I am here on the earth for the growth of the kingdom. I am here for the building of the ark. So my eating is so that I'd be able to build the ark. It's it's not for eating's sake. It's not for for drinking's sake or for marrying's sake, but it's so that I I would be I would be uh I would be able to build the ark. I I found out Noah had uh three sons and his sons were also married. So 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 my point is there is a proper way of of living even in our daily living to have a life that's oriented at God's goal. Mm-hmm. I appreciated this that the Lord would use um such a such a um, a very practical example. So mm-hmm. may 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 we be today's Noah those who are occupied with building the ark. You know uh Sometimes we we come back from a long day at work and there's a home meeting or there's a meeting. You're like, oh, Lord, I just came from the field. Could I just lie down? But the Lord says, go to a meeting. (laughs) Actually, this is the Lord caring for us so that we wouldn't be distracted with the age, but we would be those who are occupied with building the ark. Anyway, I, I I just appreciate this. Apparently, it seems the Lord is a hard man. You know, he's a hard master. After a long day, you still need to uh, join a Bible study and and share something. Actually, this is the Lord caring for each one of us so that we wouldn't be usurped, but we'll be those who are kept in his economy. So I'm really, really appreciative of this. Um, Okay. Time continuing in verse 28, the Lord not only uses um, the picture of Noah to show us concerning his coming, Mm. he also uses 
the picture of Lot. It's quite interesting that in Matthew, it doesn't mention uh, a lot, but it only shows Noah. The Lord speaks only about the, the days of his coming will be like the days of Noah. But here it says the days of Lot. And it says they were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building. This, this is more uh, business. This is more uh, uh uh, in, in industry, or mm. you could say they they were industrious. Um, uh, actually, even today, uh, the, this this matter of making business, it's even more uh, today than I think it ever was before. Mm. Uh, one time, I was in a class of students, and students had their laptops. Uh, and I thought they were studying, but then uh, when I looked, when I was walking around the class, I found out one of them was in a class, a, a school class, but they were actually trading stock. My, my point is, this person was, this is even more severe today, yeah. this matter of making money, making business, again, usurping man usurping men, keeping men away from God's, God's goal. This is the enemy's tactics. So we need, to, we need to ask the Lord, Lord, I need to take care of my daily responsibility as a human being. I, I have to work. Mm. This was God-ordained. I'm not uh, excusing myself of that responsibility. But Lord, I want to stay in your economy. I do not want to be distracted or usurped. Uh, and uh, the word is even stupefied, stupefied or drugged. That's that's what the, that, that means to be to be usurped to a point that we completely miss God's God's goal. So may may the Lord, I, I, I actually sympathize a lot with uh, um, the saints that have to hold a job. Or maybe let me say the saints that get to hold a job. The, this, this we need to ask the Lord, Lord. Although I'm working, I'm holding a job. I am my holding a job is for the ark. It's 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 for the building. It's for it's for you for the for the building up of the church, for the growing of your kingdom within me, so that you would have a way to return. Mm. So I, I really appreciated this. Amen. The, these two uh, examples or two two uh, illustrations the Lord uses. Um, amen. Oh Lord Jesus. So so this is what the situation was in the in the days of Lot, and then on the day in which Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. And verse 30, it will be in the same way on the day in which the Son of Man is revealed. It will be the same on the day of uh, when the Son of Man is revealed. So with Lot, when Lot was saved, actually, I was rereading it in Genesis 19. Lot was, uh, Lot and his wife and, and his two daughters, they were pulled by the angel out out of that city and the angel charged them 
Do not look back. Go to the mountains. Don't, don't, don't look back. Go to the mountains. And when you get there, then we, we cannot do anything until you are out of here. Um, when, when they went out, um, we saw that when the angels were about, were, 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 when the uh, city of Sodom was about to be destroyed, Lot's wife looked back. And when she looked back, she became a pillar of salt. Uh, actually, this is quite, uh, a, a lot of believers struggle to, to reconcile what this means. But actually, the Lord helps us here that actually a believer can be in three places when it comes to the Lord's return. Uh, sorry, not a believer, but a human being. Uh, a human being could be in three places concerning uh, when it comes to meeting the Lord when he returns. There could be one who is in Sodom. We know that that results in destruction. But then there's the mountains where Lot was told to go. That signifies those who are fully saved, those who are saved to the uttermost, full maturity, who allow the Lord to grow. Actually, not only do they get out of Sodom, but they eventually make it to the mountain. Hmm. Actually, they get taken by the Lord. They, 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 they get raptured. So there are these two ends that uh, a person could either be in Sodom or in, um, in, in, on the mountains. But then there's a third place. And that third place is where Lot's wife was. That's a place between Sodom and the mountains. That is a place of shame. Actually, this is a warning to all of us, brothers and sisters. The Lord here was warning us that we would not be those who are, who are not fully saved. Because Lot's wife wasn't destroyed with Sodom, but she never made it to the, to, to the mountains. So my, the, the point here is, actually, we need to cooperate with the Lord yeah. day by day. Lord, I do not want to be in a place of shame, yeah. having received your salvation, having received the seed of the kingdom, but not allow it to grow, not allow it to grow to its full fruition, so that when you return, you cannot take me. Lord, I want to allow you day by day to grow. And I emphasize these words, day by day. Mm. The way we grow is in a day-to-day -day living. So, so th this, is, this is the warning concerning Lot's wife. But the Lord says, remember Lot's wife. Mm. That is, we shouldn't love the age. We shouldn't love the world that the Lord, that is under God's judgment. Mm. That is, in verse 30, uh, 31 says, the Lord says, whoever is on a housetop sh shouldn't, shouldn't uh, uh, when the Lord returns, shouldn't go back to the house and try to, try to pick up his goods or his things. And whoever is in the field shouldn't go back to his house to, mm. to take the things. Actually, uh, it says, don't turn back to the things behind. Actually, I, I got reminded by Paul says, he forgot the things which are behind. <laughs> I, I don't know. When I read this, I couldn't help but realize Amen. we need to be those who our heart, in our heart, 
Nothing is more than more precious than meeting the Lord when he returns mm. and be ready for his return. There shouldn't be anything, uh, especially material, material things that are occupying our heart. Like Lot's wife, she made it out of Sodom, but her heart was, was in Sodom. Huh. Because when the angel told him, do not look back, she actually did. Which means although she was saved, her heart was was in this uh, 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 the 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 uh, the city which was under God's judgment. Um, so so we need to be we need to take this uh, warning. The Lord says, "Remember Lot's wife." Mm-hmm. This is a warning that we would not love anything uh, other than the Lord, and especially loving his appearing to borrow words from second timothy we need to love his appearing rather than love anything in our household or um anything that's that's material anyway i i uh i i i really uh hope we would take this and go before the lord lord is there anything i love more than you uh, even the Lord spoke earlier. No one who puts his hand in the in in the in the in the yoke and looks behind is worthy of me. Uh, even those who love their parents and their daughters or their their mm-hmm. children more than the Lord, we would not be worthy of the Lord. Actually, according to this, loving anything on this world could cause us to miss the rapture. Because the Lord says, if you're on the housetop, forget about it. Forget about what's in the household. Just be ready. Uh, even uh, the, the matter of being uh, raptured uh, is, is then brought in. In 34, the Lord says, I tell you, in that night, there will be two on one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. I, I would like to go back to the words that I, I used earlier. Our preparation for the Lord's return is in our day-by-day living. Here the Lord, when he speaks about those who are raptured, he uses something very simple. Uh, sleeping on a bed. Mm-hmm. We all sleep, right? But here the Lord indicates mm-hmm. that in our daily life, yeah. There is the environment is such that we can prepare for his return. We can be those who are ready for his return. We're not exempt from sleeping. We have to sleep. But yeah, mm. we need to be those who are preparing, even in our daily living. Uh, and then it says in verse 35, there will be two women grinding together. The one will be taken, but the other will be left. Again, a, uh, a regular daily environment, grinding, uh, working, whatever your, 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 your job is. Uh, it could be keeping the household, whatever it is. But the point is the Lord uses daily situations, which we all have, practical situations which means we need to take our practical daily situations as uh, to prepare, 
to be to to allow the Lord to grow in us. Mm. You know, um, I, I you know being raptured, you you could illustrate it with a, a balloon. You know, when a balloon is without a, when you throw it up, it comes back down. When it when it has a when it when it's without a, but when you fill it with a, you fill it with helium. Actually, the balloon just rises. This is a picture. This is just an illustration to help us, to, to, to show us that actually the best way to prepare for the Lord, to rapture us, is to be filled with the divine helium. Amen. We need to be filled with the divine air as we take the opportunity in our day-by-day -day living to be filled with the divine helium we become ready for the Lord to take us up, for the Lord to rapture us. If we're filled with our, our, our household, our material things, we will not be able to rise. We will not get to the mountains uh, in the same way Lot did. So, so this, this is, a, uh, on the one hand, a very sober word, but on the other hand, a very encouraging word. You know, I used to think, Lord, my situation is too difficult for me to prepare for your return. It's just unreasonable. But look at the examples the Lord uses of those who are, who are ready. They are grinding at the mill. Did you notice they were not at the conference? They were not at a, uh, a semi-annual or at a video training. They were grinding a daily situation, a daily mundane. However, they took this opportunity to allow the Lord to grow yes. as the kingdom seed, so that when he grows within them, then the kingdom of God can come. Actually, this is how we, be, we are part of the Lord's kingdom. It's by allowing him to grow. Okay. Uh, I think uh, maybe because of time, uh, the other example is, again, related to two brothers who are also at the field, again, working. Uh, I'm really appreciative of these practical situations. The Lord has not given us an, an, an unreasonable daily situation. Actually, our situation is just right for yes. us to grow. It's just right. In other words, we shouldn't wait for our situation to, to clear up. Hmm. It's in our daily living that we prepare, we, we cultivate the land so that the kingdom can grow in us. So, so I appreciated that this is a response to the Lord. Oh, oh, sorry, this is the Lord's response to the Pharisees when they asked him about the kingdom. Hmm. He told them the kingdom does not come with observation, but the kingdom is in the midst of you. But be, the reason why the kingdom was in the midst of the Pharisees was because the Lord was there. Pharisees, the kingdom is not going to be physical, but it's spiritual. You need spiritual insight. You need a, a spiritual seeing to see the kingdom. But for now, I have to go suffer many things. And when I've suffered, uh, I, will, I will eventually be uh, released in resurrection and enter into my disciples. 
And when I enter him to my disciples, that's the kingdom. When the Lord went to the cross, the kingdom went to the cross. When he entered his disciples, the kingdom entered the disciples. When he returns, that will be the kingdom. Actually, when the disciples, when the, the, the believers who are ready are raptured, that is also the kingdom. Actually, this is the Lord's long response to the, to the Pharisees asking about the kingdom. I'm, I'm so glad uh, that the Pharisees asked. I know they were very bothersome to the Lord, but I'm so glad this gave the Lord an opportunity so that he would open to us how we can prepare for his return. Again, we need to allow this person to grow in us. And the way we allow him to grow in us is in our day-to-day. That means in our day-to-day situation, we do not preserve our soul life, but rather we take care of this kingdom life. That is, we give the kingdom life the preeminence. We allow the Lord, Lord, grow. You have the first place. As the Lord grows, we will be those who are ready for him to rapture us. Okay, I think because of time, I better stop here. Uh, and uh, how shall we continue? Brother John just asked to, to share a little something. So oh, okay. maybe, yeah, praise the Lord. Really quite an enjoyment. In this chapter, chapter 17, the Lord parallel the two days. One is verse 29. One is verse 13, 3-0. One is the day of Noah. One is the day of the Son of Man. And while his disciple is asking when the kingdom of God, then the Lord parallel is today. That day and the day is a, um, that day, is the day of the Son of Man revealed. And the day, just like the day of Lot, as well as the days of Noah. Noah, the days of Noah, the judgment, uh, the water came for judgment. And then the day of Lot, the judgment was judged by fire. And here, the Lord reminds them, all of them the same, living a life that is legitimate, but they are detached. They are not detachment, no detachment, you know, legitimate. All the matters in verse 28, they are legitimate. That is proper such as eating, drinking, buying, selling, planting, building. They are legitimate. And the Lord used that verse, verse 32. Right in your Bible, verse 32, he said, remember Lord's wife. Isn't wonderful? This is the second shortest verse in the Bible. The shortest verse is Jesus cry or Jesus wept. The second shortest is remember Lord's wife. Finish. And here, right in your Bible, she did not commit any sin. 
Wow. Just remember, he did not do anything. Let me see. Number two, she also received the call to go. God called her. And number three, she cannot be detached. This is the word, remind God's people. On one hand, we live a life that is legitimate, but on the other hand, all these things is detachable from us. And we don't want to live a life just like long, the Lord, no, Lord's wife is undetachable. She turned her head because she cannot be detached from all the things that will be judged by God or has judged by God. And this chapter shows us how be saved to be detached from all legitimate things. And I love the first part of this chapter. It shows us the way to serve. The secret to live a life for the kingdom is to serve God. And shows us the four virtues of serving the Lord. The first virtue is not to stumble in verse 1. Not to stumble anyone, but to perfect and to serve others. Do not stumble others. Don't let people stumble, but perfect others. Secondly, the second secret virtue of serving the Lord is not to hold offenses, but to forgive. Forgiveness is a virtue, the second virtue of serving the Lord. And the third virtue is we serve the Lord by faith, not by sight. Not according to what you saw. Everything what we saw is temporal, but everything that we didn't see is eternal. So that is by faith, not by sight. And number four, that is in verse seven. That is from verse seven to verse 10. It says, which of you having a slave who is plowing? You underline the word plowing and tending the sheep. Plowing is to lose the soil. That's preaching the gospel. Tending the sheep is do the shepherding. And then even go to the field and come immediately and recline at the table. And will he not rather say to him, prepare something that I may dine? And gird yourself. Serve me until I eat and drink. You underline the word, serve me. He's saying, even you do a lot of things, don't serve your own project, but serve me. This is the virtue of serving the Lord. Saints, we serve the Lord is not serving our own achievement, 
but we are here to serve the Lord. After we serve the Lord, verse 10, so also when you do all things which are order you, you say we are unprofitable slaves. Amen. Underline that word, unprofitable slave. That is to deal with our pride. That is um, the fourth virtue in serving the Lord. All this virtue will help us to be detached from earthly things. All earthly things, they are attractive. But for us to be detached, it's not easy. The way is to enjoy in serving the Lord for his kingdom. Like Noah, he also lived a life, but his life is heading toward the ark. And today we are serving the Lord, just like this ark, uh, with these four virtues. One is to perfect people. And the second is to forgive. Enjoy, let people enjoy the laughter. And number three, by faith, not by sight. And number four, um, we have to acknowledge we are unprofitable. Not the word unprofitable, like the sense of useless. <laughs> We're not, nothing special. <laughs> we are not serving our own merits. All what we are doing is just our responsibility. We have done what we owe to have done. That's our job. We just have to do it. Nothing is special. We are unprofitable slaves. Amen. These are the four virtues in serving the Lord. It will save us from being detached. All right. Okay. Now we can break down into the group now. I just have short sharing. Yeah.